You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Go, Rimzo. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. I am not Chris Spangle. I am your discount Mario Lopez, Rimzo W. Martinez. And today we're jumping into some crazy stuff. Maybe not crazy. Unless you think China's crazy. All that and more on today's Chris Spangle Show from the We Are Libertarians Network. Warning. This show is for adults by semi-adults. Oh, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Oh, I don't know what that. I said. Oh. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. If you struggle to understand politics, we explain it from an independent, libertarian point of view. With all of the irreverence it deserves, we toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, Chris Spangle, a 15-year veteran of politics and media. For fuck's sake, Harry, go. I, we can't hear the bumper. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So small technical difficulties when we try to. Uh, see, this is why we can't re- like really like coo um, Chris off his own show because like a lot of times, you know, like some of the tech stuff in the back end, that music crap that he does, you know, that no one cares about. And none of us understand that well. So I, I have, here we are. I'm like, I'm like Mark Zuckerberg. I set it up to fail so only I can fix it. So you guys. Oh, shit, he lives. So you fucks can't get rid of me. Uh, I'm I'm off this week. I was at Podcast Movement till last night, and I just couldn't prep for the show. So they prep for the show. So, uh, you know, I, I will not be on this episode, but I am producing in the background, and uh, I'm just very disappointed in each and every one of you, and I want to hear a public apology, starting with you, Harry, for all of these technical difficulties. I'd like to apologize for allowing Spangle to have administrative access to all technical things. That is my fault. I probably need to spend more time uh, for Wall so I can kick him out so he doesn't have that much a power. So to the to the fans out there, it is my fault. I'm sorry. So like, like I said, let me finish the introduction of the show. Hi, my name is Harry Price uh, here on the Chris Spangle shows. Yes, Chris is not here because he spent all night getting better for us. So it can make everything better and make great connections. So, but joining us here on the show today as we talk about why China is, you know, that butt lunch over there in the corner and why communist regimes fail, we also got, I'm going to introduce by seniority. Uh, so I'm going to introduce Remzo Martinez. Remzo. Hello, it's great to be everyone's token discount Antonio Banderas, especially when we get to talk about China, because everyone knows I'm a China expert, but I am today. I like the, the, the term discount Antonio Banderas. I think if I see you on Discord, that whatever changing your name to is discount Antonio Banderas. Yeah, I feel like it's it's more it's more me. You know, bargain brand Mario Lopez. I mean, he's already cheapened, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so. Yeah, you know, so I'll be bringing up the bargain brand. Let's bring up the person. <laughs> wow. Let's bring, let's bring up wow. uh, from the uh, from, from the thrift strength branch. You guys may have heard this voice before, but barely have seen his face from the uh, from low key wall. We'll bring out Vincent Cooper off the bench. Third string is an overstatement. I'm obviously the punter that had to play quarterback because everybody else got injured. Obviously. <laughs> Kroger discount. 
no, 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 no. That Safeway discount. Safeway. Oof. Safeway. Okay. Okay. You are not. So I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of, hey, we need you to do this show. It was like, okay, what is it about? I'll tell you at 10 o'clock the night before. Okay. I guess <laughs> I'm here. Welcome to the Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. If I'm honest, I did ask um, producer <laughs> Paul first, uh, but he apparently loves his family members more than us and would not delay his trip to go see his, his see his dad. So yes, I'll admit that. Okay, all right, that's fine. And I asked him afterwards. Okay, but his you know, <laughs> dad could come on. Well, you know, well, sorry, not his dad, his grandpa. Yeah, his yeah, grandpa could come on. He's on a road trip with his with his uh, with mom. his mom because he's grandpa. Yeah, yeah, loves that side of his family more than he loves the wall network. But I'm sure he's going to listen to this episode and he's like and feel bad, which is okay. Because why did you talk about my family like that? Now they heard all this, and I have to explain it. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. We, we much love for producer Paul. I think producer Paul doesn't get much love, but he does get a lot of love, especially with low-key wall fans. So Renzo, that impression had too much joy in your voice. That was just too energetic. For I'm Paul. sorry. Let me think of genocide and do it again. <laughs> Why did you have to say that in front of my family? <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Better, yes. much better, much yes, better. Thank you. Yeah, that's the secondhand depression that you get from hanging out with Paul too much. Anyway, so um, like I said, um, welcome to the uh, the Christmas Sprangle Show, and I wanted to talk about uh, why China is you know is that butthole in the corner. I've I can rant and rave about, well, you know, communist regimes in China, like why things fail over all the time, because it's a lot of the content that I consume. My uh, rabbit hole on the internet, what I go into a lot of the times, it can be very specific. I get into these manic modes where I just pick something up, I will stick into it, my teeth will will pull into it, and it's something I will just concentrate on and just read about and just study about. I think one time I got stuck on space HVAC. I don't understand why my brain does this type of thing. It just does. You know, do you guys do that things, or is that just me? Am I the weird? Oh, no, no, no. I do it all the time, but for less important stuff like pop culture and anime or video games. For for me recently, it's been uh, jumping into like pre-American civilizations in North America because apparently there's this whole movement of history of like who was here before the Native Americans. And once you get into that, you know, then you get into aliens by default and then you're getting into supernatural cosmic entities. So by the end of it, I'm just watching X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm just sorry. I got distracted by looking at the Facebook comments. How dare they? Anyways, you yes. want to believe? <laughs> do we? Do we want to believe? Sometimes I feel like, uh, you know, like when the all right. So, quick tangent. I apologize. <laughs> when do this real quick. It's Rumsfeld's fault. But then we'll just go back to the tangent. Oh, is the, one You're the welcome, like, Paul. <laughs> it's, it's the, <laughs> I think I would think it's conspiracy theory. Like this is like the space booties. Like Earth is the space booties. So when we see like UFOs and stuff like that, when they're quote unquote aliens that do come here, it's to hey, come look at the pe- look at the like the, these weirdos. You know, they're burning oil under. They're bringing life juice from their planet to like to heat their planets and stuff like that. And this is look at Did these. Did human just buy another human's bathwater? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Earth is the zoo. It's the yeah. zoo. They're like, oh, the, like, oh shit! They're gonna do another war. Oh no, man! No, oh, no, I'm yeah. so excited. 
It's like, oh, they, they think they can, they think they have the cure for cancer? Oh, that's adorable. That's adorable. <laughs> they still have diseases. <laughs> <laughs> Are they trading paper for? Oh, man, they use paper for money. Look at that. Look at them. That's so cute. Harry, on a, on a serious note. Vocal cords? Mm-hmm. Harry, on a serious note, if we were to make alien contact tomorrow, who do you think would get to represent Earth? The United States or China? Oof. Okay, so. Joe Rogan. Hopefully it's Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys. We're just a bunch of monkeys. We don't know any better. Let's just do shrooms together. So, 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 so aliens, aliens. Have you tried DMT? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I've just seen this alien with this blunt in his mouth. Like, oh, aliens. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. Chris is somewhere. What have I done? What have I done? <laughs> who, who I've given the keys to the kingdom to? Anyway, so, yes. Yeah. See, in a sense, you would say, like, you know, like, so if someone came to the planet, they're like, okay, so what country has the most people by population in control? They're obviously, like, the biggest empires. I should probably go talk to them. So, yes, it would probably be either India or China because they are countries which, you know, have over a billion people in it. Um, Yes, they completely dwarf the United States with all 330 million of us, estimate. Um, because it fluctuates and who knows really how many people live in the U.S. So you got this massive, uh, you know, like this organization called the CCP, even though they want to call themselves the CPC, but that is the, uh, you know, pot trick here. If anyone really calls the Chinese Communist Party uh, the CPC, uh, they're a a CCP shield. Don't, uh, you can listen to them, but understand with that grain of salt that they are a shield for the CCP, you know. It's a, it's a, all right. So, one thing like, like, communist dreams like to do is like to play with um, definitions of things because if you can't define something and you're confused, good. You can't do anything about it because you're confused and you confuse other people. So, they, they, so they are rebranding themselves. This is a rebranding effort that the CCP has done uh, to, you know, because the whole world knows them as CCP. The CCP is like this the communist, uh, the change communist party. This is what everyone knows. And also, to, also to put the little tag out there. Uh, is that when we so we're out the show, we'll mess up and we'll say like China or this. When we say that, we're really talking about the Chi- Chinese Communist Party, the party, the ruling party. The people of China are great people. They're an amazing people. If you meet someone of Chinese descent in the United States or anywhere else in the world, they're awesome, amazing people. They help people help you out. They're great people. What we are discussing, what we are um, hating on, is the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. That is that is the corruption. That is the pain point of the um, Communist Party in, in China. So where did it all this all start? Where did this all begin? The Chinese Communist Party started with a lot of interaction with the other gigantic Soviet communist regime was the uh, – from like the Soviet Union, and there was a small faction actually in China early on, like in the 1920s in China. Before they even got, they didn't really get that much power at the time. They were just really just a like small political element. And what they really, how they gained power was during when Japan's empire came through into China, when Japan took over China and most of Asia, but. Unless you had a good history teacher, you probably didn't know that, you know, all those other things that happened in the um, Asian theater during World War II is that Japan. Well, here's what you learn. In, here's what you learn about World War II in school. The Germans started to take over everybody and America came in and won every battle every time. And it was entirely just us. Well, you're skipping over the most important part where Japan decided to show up and 
bring America into it. And that's the only other thing that, that you got wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that everything else you just said, correct. But you forgot the part where they're like, oh, yeah, and then Japan caused America to jump involved. They messed around to find and found out what happened. There's a there's a beautiful there's a beautiful meme that I haven't seen in a couple of years, but it's like these these two little dioramas. It's like how the world sees how America sees World War Two, and it's a big T Rex fighting a bunch of little Velociraptors. And then in the other one where it's like how World War Two was actually fought, you see the T Rex like in the far far corner with a couple of little Japanese raptors, and then you see a whole army of raptors that say Russia. <laughs> <laughs> the one giant like Nazi T Rex, and I'm like, wow, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. America did everything. It's not like they really didn't do much. <laughs> Turn to the World War II shows. Really... Spangle's going to jump back in. We started talking too much about World War II. Guess where you went wrong? <laughs> you know that it's honestly like if you have to. Um, I think really think uh, Spangle should probably do an whole another episode of World War II called the World War II Book Report. You know, made easy for people. It probably be the most downloaded show by children, but uh, you know that needs that book report done. But because he has just absorbed so much of that content, World but, Wars for morons. Yeah, but the thing is, yes, yes, you're right. When when the, when America did get in the fight, it was mostly as um, backup to help out uh, to help out the European like, that was fighting everything back because Russia was fighting everything on the Eastern Front. It's just they needed to distract uh, Germany on the Eastern Front, so they had to fight two different wars of the simultaneous because if they had to fight one single one, you know, because at that time, Germany was also going into the African theater, and it was, you know, really looking like this is, you know, like if something wasn't going to happen, you know, world domination. But in the Asian, uh, but in the Asian theater, um, this is when Japan like had that massive empire and was taking over like everything over the Asian theater. So they were moving into Vietnam, they're moving into uh, uh, Korea, the, the Koreas. Japan was taking over just about everything on the in the area. This is why a lot of also in China still and certain uh, well not much Korea anymore, but a lot of people in that area still have a lot of Japanese hate. There's a lot of that, and it's going to be shown. I have jumped ahead, and I'm. And I apologize. I don't mean the very lead. I will follow and trace back. Um, you see a lot of Japanese hatred um, in China, especially during the Olympics right now. Like you can watch it when when someone uh, from mainland China goes to, uh, you know, they play someone in Japan. They just they 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 are taught as children to hate these people and this isn't like you're not i'm not saying this is like oh you're just saying this is like no no you, you no this on- is this is like angelina jolie looking at j-lo right now hatred yes yes it's like how dare you uh, get off that that's they all um, want brad mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody wants Brad. you know it's okay anyway so back to the, like so at that time, so when so the Communist Party was there, biding its time, getting different people. Uh, Mao, I think, like even before, like the whole thing was like Mao got got arrested because they were uh, uh, just trying to gain power and footholds and arguments and revolu- in like even revolting against the uh, Japanese uh, uh, occupation forces. So when uh, so when the U.S bombed and started attacking japan like in their home trade japan was pulling troops back and stuff like that that's when um, a lot of them took over uh, um china was able to regain their empire back but what the thing is what what usually does happen is that since 
America was more concentrating on like rebuilding like the like Japan and Europe. Well, that let the Soviet Union help and rebuild China. So that's why so the the Communist Party inside of China gained a foothold, gained strength, and just started to took over thing. And that's when you start hearing about um like how Mao got into power. Now the cultural like revolution, like all that red stuff, that happened afterwards. So like, he became in power and some things were getting dissolutionized because once you got in power, you had a lot of the intellectuals and the people who helped him getting power. They also was trying to you know, like, we'll, we'll check him, check him. Like, Hey, you said this, and this was, this isn't happening or yeah. Did we, you really mean kill 1 million people or were you just having a day? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Okay. So like the 1 million people thing, like in China, like in Chinese, or like that's like the, like the famine and all the starvation that happened to them. And out of like that kind of dumbfounded a lot of the leaders because beforehand they had so much food and that's the one thing that they were before they found it like they had they were gorging themselves on food it was food everywhere people were wasting it was food. the breadbasket of asia right it was everything but the and then certain policies started to do things to start to corrupt and mess with china like one with the um when they wanted to increase their, uh, their 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 agriculture efforts, and then they were upset that the sparrows, right, were eating seeds and stuff like that. You know, they're eating seeds and destroying crops. So they had the, you know, they gave a policy out, which unintended consequences of you just help because you just want some sparrows go. You want to just control the sparrow population, kill but, all the sparrows, but they eradicated the freaking sparrow population. So what happens when you eradicate all the birds that eat bugs? Well, you get locusts. <laughs> Yes, let's let's destroy our our natural cycle of life. Yeah. So once you know what the plants need, Mondo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the uh, electrolytes. That's what the plants crave. Yeah. So like (laughs) the lack of birds in China is still like a huge, massive issue. Um, That's most most of the birds in China. uh, Well, they first got birds to help bring back some of the locust population. Those were actually imported from the Soviet Union. That was a gift from the Soviet Union. Um, that they got so they can have some birds to fight back some of the um, the locusts. Then I think uh, Laowe um, eighty six, uh, famous YouTuber. Um, he spent fifteen years in China. I was talking about the famous campaign going on is birds don't exist in China. Prove me wrong. Give me a photos of uh, of birds in China because they're just not they're just aren't birds. And people were like, look, 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 look. I have a photo of a bird. I found birds, but what they realized these are domesticated pet birds. Yes, in China they have domesticated pet birds because people don't see birds all the time. You get to come see birds, feed birds, but only feed birds from their people. So you can feed birds from them with their approved food because they don't want anyone like attracting and taking their birds. This is like, and a lot of people are like, oh, it's because they ate the birds. No, no, there are no birds. It's just, they'd eat them if they, you know, people needed food, but like that's not how they, they've been gone and are gone. So. Do you want to say something, Renzo? Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, a, a really great cultural, like, archive. If you want to see, like, um, post-World War II Chinese relations with the world is uh, Fist of Fury of Bruce Lee. Because Fist of Fury of Bruce Lee is all about all these colonial powers coming into China. I'm sorry, it's pre-World War II. So it's mm-hmm. after World War I, it's pre-World War II. And what it basically shows is China as they're developing like this revolutionary fervor to push out the colonists, to push out the capitalists and everything else. And it's uh, it, it's really a, a piece of propaganda. 
Like it's a classic Bruce Lee Kung Fu fighting film. But if you really like pay attention to the story, it's about a man fighting imperialism. And that film, when it came out in the 60s, it almost wasn't shown in Europe and North America. And that's why if you read the dubbed version, they take out a lot of the Chinese propaganda uh, that's Mm -hmm. in there. Like in the Jet Li remake, uh, Fist of Legend, um, they put a lot of it back in there. Like, for example, you have the term the sick man of Asia. Mm -hmm. That was a term given to them by the British. So throughout the Mm -hmm. film, and I think that version of the film takes place like right like days before the Japanese invade China. Um, you know, it's one of the situations where it's like, this is, this is um, a revolution that's based off uh, economic inequality. That's based off racial inequality. It's all these things coming down. And I think the issue that uh, we as Westerners have is that we want to go ahead and look at China through our view of history, but we don't want to understand where they have come from. And I'm not saying that, oh yeah, well, you know, China's on the right side of stuff. I'm absolutely not saying that. But what I am saying is that what has happened over there has been happening for m- more and more years than just when Mao took over. It was always going to happen with or without him. Mm-hmm. And that's that that's the troubling thing. It's one of those big energetic moments in history where it matters less about the person and it mattered more about the ideas that are being pushed out. That's the dangerous thing about it. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I like to you bring up the uh, the racial component because a lot of people are like, well, what racial component is like it has to do with a lot Um uh, there was massive racial uh, racial size when it comes to China because, like, the ruling class of China right now has to deal with um, it's the racial component. Like most people, when they see "quote unquote" a Chinese person on TV or something like that, they're seeing Han Chinese. Like the that is like one of the main faction of China. But there are times in like the um, that's why like like this whole like when people were trying to exp- when you're trying to explain to someone like, hey, these Uyghur Chinese like. Like we, what is that? What is what are you saying? It's like this is a different racial sect inside of China <laughs> that you know is being persecuted, just like the, like one of the same way with the Tibetans or the uh, uh, what is it? Uh, oh God, I'm sorry, these Chinese words are like hard. Taiwan. Well, Taiwan's different. All right, so Taiwan, Taiwan is mainly political because that's where Ho Chi. I'm sorry, not Ho Chi Minh. That's where um, other guy, it's Mao, uh, and what's his name? Chiang Kai Shek. Shanghai yeah. Shek Rain of Taiwan. Yeah. <laughs> I learn words. So Shao Kahn. No. <laughs> and the Lin Kuei came in. <laughs> okay. All right. Awful. Okay. All right. Let's stop. Oh, that. Kahn. oh anyway. Wait. So yes. So Taiwan. Why this is important. Why I like I feel like I'm gonna jump to go this. I was gonna explain I plan on like explaining Taiwan because that's the main thing. Like people have to understand what the hell Taiwan is. And if you're not Reinhold old, you have no idea why Taiwan has any sort of like so if you're like in your if you're a millennial, most people don't understand what Taiwan is. That's not fair. He has an autographed Bible from the apostles. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. He wasn't supposed to show you that yet. Anyways, uh you want to see the Holy Grail? <laughs> oh, you chose the wrong cup. <laughs> Turns into dust. Uh, it goes back to the song. I will never drink with Brian Holt again. <laughs> but uh, no, no. All right. So Taiwan. Taiwan. It's important because when the Communist Party was taking control, well, of course, if you have money and influence and you're massively like the 1%, you got the heck out. So and that's what they did because China 
did did actually did control Taiwan, but what happened was when the the communists were taken over, that 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 made that basically a coup of the government. They left mainland China and went to Taiwan. They took the navy. They took uh, a lot of the, the heads of like business. Uh, a lot of the people. So basically, if you're industrial, you knew how to build plants, you had organization, you had money, you got out with them, and they went to ta- Taiwan, and that's why Taiwan was such an has has is was still is in a massive industrial power because all that intellectual property got the hell out of there uh, and, and went there. And for the longest time, the for Ronald Reagan, Taiwan was considered like the uh, official um, like seat of government for China. That was China. You know, the communist coup, no, wasn't recognized. And people sanctioned it and didn't recognize it be- for the simple fact of because, because of it, considered a coup i'm not saying and and it wasn't really like u.s um <laughs> spangles ir- ridiculous thing in the chat i don't know if you guys see that real quick but like uh the it wasn't that these people were good people like they weren't like oh these are the best outstanding people of china they were doing everything in china's best business no they were corrupt and awful okay you know, there's a reason why the communists did like, you know, like people like Ernest Hemingway uh, sat down and, and Martha Gellhorn, who was his third wife. Um, they were writing. I, I forget who it was for at the time, but um, they they went to post-revolutionary China as Chiang Kai-shek was like really on the outs as he's about to really run to Taiwan at this point. And they're they're talking to him. And then later on the afternoon, after they had dinner with him and they're like, that guy's kind of odd. They they got basically like not kidnapped, but they basically got pulled away by some communist operatives from Mao. And what they were basically trying to do was they were trying to pull information from Hemingway and Gellhorn. And at that point, you know, they, they start basically saying, you know, you might not like us, but Chiang Kai-shek, all those gifts he gave you at dinner, all the stuff that his wife gave you. Yeah. Those were made by blind child orphans. You want to see them? And they would go and take them to basically like these slave camps where like these disabled children were basically creating weapons and stuff for Chiang Kai-shek's resistance. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those situations where, you know, uh, and I do not know. Okay. I, I can kind of say it like, you know, Hemingway had a lot of communist sympathies, but at that point, you know, he went back and he was just like, you know, maybe the best thing for the United States to do and for the world to do is just to stay out of this one because no good is going to come from either of these people being in charge. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and allow the people inside those countries to see that pain, feel that pain and like and try to revolt on their own. And, and or and because we everyone wants that peaceful evolution, but like it, it eventually does happen. You can only like circle the wagons on your one percent for so long until that ninety nine percent really realizes, like, wait a minute, like we're all suffering and you're not. You know, like there's an issue here. You know, you know, and some people eventually learn to the bricks will break alike because you know it's that whole like of that human communication interactions. Like, well, I don't want to be a mouth. Granted, my one percent group is in control but we also do realize that eventually like you know you know we should probably like this is bad and we should there's only so much you can do yeah but anyways yeah and that's how taiwan got got its place and that's and it was like this seat of power so everyone was recognized would recognize just like taiwan as it not because they were the best the best just because you know one suppressing communism's growth around the around the globe and just like the simple fact of how mao was also treating its people and because it wasn't that Mao was, people were going inside of China, recording information and getting things out. 
constantly. This is just what happened. People, especially like uh, like the uh, the propaganda thing. The U.S. was in there also to pull out because it's, one was like, look, 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 this is what communism does. So they were the anti-communism propaganda. It was there too and heavily on because if you look at a lot of the stuff like like Bruce Lee films, I will tell you that like it it almost feels like it wasn't because. It, it's like that double-edged sword is like they didn't really want to show a lot of Bruce Lee films here in the United States early on. Was it one because it was a, you know, Chinese man as a, the main lead of a show could Western audience really uh, like, really like this? Or is it because it's all, most of his movies he uh, were so laden with um, Chinese propaganda that they didn't want to really release it here in the U S it's, it's both. And I mean, certainly he, he was the first leading man who was Asian in American cinema that that's just it. But like, you know, I, I have seen the, the original version of like fist of fury, for example, I've seen the mm-hmm. American dubbed version. They've got different dubbings where it's like what was allowed by censors in Europe and North America. And then what was just kind of done as direct translations. And, you know, when, when some of that stuff happens um, you know, a, a lot gets lost in context because it's also really weird because it's like, Oh wait, these communists are filming movies now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, you know, it's also really strange because there's a scene in Fist of Fury where Bruce Lee is fighting, who is essentially big British imperialism. This mm-hmm. dude with like a big handlebar mustache and he's a bare knuckle boxer and he beats shit out of Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee eventually beats him. But, you know, we still see that now. Like one of my favorite action films is a series called Wolf Warrior. You can just watch Wolf Warrior. No, seriously, Wolf Warrior 3 is on Hulu. And Wolf Warrior is basically... Post 9-11, post 9-11 Chinese propaganda. It's Chinese propaganda moving against American imperialism around the world. And, you know, I, I know we're going to get to this later, but, you know, the big schism that American media uh, just doesn't talk about is China and Africa. Well, Wolf Warrior 3 is about Wolf Warrior, who has basically uh, left the Chinese military. So he goes to basically be like a bodyguard or something for the small business in a fictional African country. And what happens is a whole bunch of American mercenaries come in and try and overthrow the government. And Wolf Warrior and the Chinese Navy have to reinstill control. And in the film, at the very end, you see Wolf Warrior leading like a whole camp of refugees and what he does because they can't tell if he's the enemy or not. He gets uh, a Chinese flag, wraps it around his arm and holds it. So it's like straight up Maoist propaganda where you see him riding on a tank with this giant Chinese flag hanging off his arm. And then you see a bunch of these fictional African soldiers who are like, oh, no, put your guns down. It's the Chinese. And they're all like screaming. And at the very end of the film, there's a series of texts that come down. It's like, this film is for all Chinese living overseas. Know that your your government will never abandon you. And I'm watching this film, and I'm like, what the hell? And what's crazy is to legitimize it, they pay American actors who are popular in the United States to be the bad guys in this film. So do you know? do either of you know Frank Grillo? who played Crossbones in Captain America. Yeah. He was also the guy from two of the Purge movies. He mm-hmm. plays a guy named Big Daddy in the film. And Big Daddy always has a, a freaking M16 and a glass of scotch and a cigar. And he's just the most <laughs> evil American guy ever. And during, <laughs> during their fight for like, you know, for all the marbles, um, Big Daddy has Wolf Warrior down on his back. He's trying to plunge a knife into his neck. And he literally says... Uh, your people will always be lesser than me. 
and the wolf warrior kicks him, spoiler alert, kicks him and throws a knife in Big Daddy's neck. And wolf warrior says, that's ancient history. Now that's in the Chinese version. If you read the American dub, he doesn't say you people will always be inferior to me. He says people like you will always be inferior to people like me. More like I'm big and I'm willing to kill anyone who's possible and you you value life and therefore you're always going to lose. That's the American censor. The real one is you Asians are always going to be lesser than me, the big imperialist white guy. So that when Wolf Warrior kills him, the text stays the same. That's ancient history. And then the rest is there. So I'm watching this film, and it's a genuinely good action movie if you just watch it as that. But other than that, it's straight Chinese propaganda. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm like, huh, Hulu, how'd you let this through? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I recckon. Well, obviously, it's because Hulu is owned by Disney. Oh, yeah. We love you, Disney. <laughs> Seriously, Wolf Warrior Three on Hulu. Watch it tonight. All right, so, all right, so now Remzo de- dealing out the homework for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, uh, yes, w- watching Wolf Warrior will also let you understand because um, we have to go into that too. Because uh, um, the CCP, modern day CCP, has been conducting what they call Wolf Warrior um, diplomacy. Yeah, so what it's the exact same style, and this is where it derives from watching <laughs> this circle of propaganda. Oh, this makes so <laughs> much sense now. I didn't so even cool. know that part. So, the movie, so perfect. The movie created this thing called Wolf Warrior propaganda. So be aggressive like that. So this is what the in the we have jumped history. <laughs> it is okay. Uh, you, <laughs> we're all over the place. It's okay. We are. That's all ancient over the place. history. Anyway, so. <laughs> Jumping, you know, what is it, 80 years <laughs> of, of China's history. Now comes the power and then Wolf Warrior 3 on Hulu. <laughs> just jump. Let's just jump real quick. Nothing in the middle. Nothing in the middle. Oh, yeah, nothing happened. Then. Stuff never <laughs> happened. Um, anyway, so because there's so many different points that Brems will touch on that, I've got to like. I want to like touch on <laughs> that. untie that knot. All right. Because this is what um, China actually does. It's like that wolf warrior diplomacy. So what they were trying to do is to come after and talk big brash and basically like try to almost like bully the other countries. Like, look, we are awesome. We are amazing. And they do this to like two smaller countries just to see what they can get away with. Like the, and they've done it to different countries in the Asia Pacific. Now they have messed with two different, well, three different countries uh, like this, and they've had two different like uh, things. Like they've done this with the Philippines, and the Philippines, they, they, they've had different elections, and their their modern president was sitting there like uh, was uh, said he was trying to push back, but they, uh, but they, but COVID has weakened his stance, which is. Uh, which is unfortunate. We're talking um, about Duarte. Yeah, yeah, in the Philippines, and then the because well, he was famous for saying that you know I'm going to like a uh, uh, I'll get on a jet ski and I'll go fight you know my, I'll go fight China myself you know. He also uh, said he has the cure for gayness. Okay. <laughs> Not a hero. Not a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Most describing any heroes. His words. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an interesting superpower. I didn't know that was a thing. 
I know it was a disease. (laughs) I didn't know there was a cure for it. (laughs) Man, I don't know if I want less. So the Philippines and then what are the other two? So did he take the jet ski over? No, he did not take the jet ski over. The other countries that you messed with was India. So India and China, um, with this wolf forward diplomacy, has not worked out well for China because uh, India, all right, has fought back and they have gotten to actual like not like because China was trying to do this thing where like we'll just slowly move the border and take more and more over over India you know, up in the mountains, and India had wanting to, nothing to do with that. They said no. The border's over there. Back the hell up, and you can, which is like two years ago. You can watch them. Like, there's videos of of India like pushing these people back, and they actually got into like a combat, a small little skirmish, where um, India had reported like uh, I was like 50 people injured and uh, like I think like five, five or six deaths, right, or something like that, and then and tried then- to report it zero. <laughs> And it wasn't even that long ago, because if you remember, you and I did a low-key wall about half of this stuff. Right, like, yeah. Like, not even a year ago. And like half of it was, like, it was the first time they were shooting at the border mm-hmm. in, like, 10 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And they just they were like, yep, zero. That was, we had zero. And it was just like, yeah, we, well, we're bigger than the, you know, the, the, the that's why they got hurt and had to post up these things. It's like, come on. Come on. You guys were shooting at everyone, and you had zero injuries, right, zero right. casualties. It's that's more of that propaganda because they can't take they can't take an L because they're trying to tell people we're bigger, better, and stronger than everyone else. Just like the floods, like they can't take an L. Now the other sent Wolf Warrior. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that propaganda with Wolf Warrior, like you could sit there and like rip a Japanese person in two with your bare hands. That Wolf Warrior propaganda movies have gotten huge in China, but the other country they uh, but India is also because the so the I was going to call them the Soviet Union. Forgot I was messing around with uh, history there. Russia, seeing this, doesn't really want China also to have a to be the major player in the Asian Pacific. Nobody wants that. Not even Russia. Russia sells MIGs and and tanks and weaponry to India, and it kind of angered China. Like, well, why are you selling them weapons? Why I sell you weapons? And it's flat out like I sell you weapons. I'll sell them weapons. You know, yes, I have a treaty with you, sure, but. Are you at war with them? No. So you're not officially at war? No. Cool. I will keep sending them weapons. They Meanwhile, China sells MiGs and other things to Pakistan. Right. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, because, well, it's that whole uh, uh, the whole thing. If no one has an advantage, war won't get started. And that's the main reason, like, you see, like, these small scourges, because no cl- country has a clear advantage over any other currently right now. Because, uh, like, everyone was like, well... China has a land advantage, yes, but moving that many troops is very, very difficult in the way that, um, like, 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 well, satellites and they don't really have the GPS. A lot of people rely on U.S. GPS satellites, and that's why China's space program has been very uh, patient. Like, wanted you their own space program to put their own GPS satellites out there for the simple fact of everyone relies on the U.S. and like European like GPS satellites. This is what everyone uses. So you're moving that many tr- troops and using GPS. Well, you're using our satellites. And the other issue is that if they want to start a, a full-fledged war, they're going to be fighting on all fronts because that they're not just they're not just messing with India; they're also messing with Japan, who have gotten to this point where they're just like mess around and find out what happens. <laughs> they're also getting Australia 
pissed off who is like their main trade partners and Australia is getting to this point where their their um, prime minister is like I don't care what China has to say and I don't care if they want our help or anything uh, if they don't stop stop with this bull I don't care about them anymore right. oh, especially post covid like the, the like uh, I I lived in Queensland for 2 years like right after 911 2003 2005 and I always saw the Australians they they're not pacifists but they're largely pacifistic in their foreign policy except when you look at like the invasion of East Timor because they thought they were going to take over the western territories then they get there they're like oh shit we started a war and now it's <laughs> like you know uh, look, look what you've done to us economically look what you've done to us in terms of the international influence space and everything else it's like this is unforgivable so so me watching this from a lot of my Australian friends who I can pick up on the news from, it, it's it's one of those moments where I'm like, well, I certainly didn't see this coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, if you poke a bear enough, then the bear will attack you eventually. Yeah, now they're like, fuck around and find out, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the, the, and the, and the, and the bear that they keep poking is Japan. See, Japan, they keep poking Japan and pushing Japan back and going into Japanese waters. It's just since World War II, Jap- uh, into, and then the Japanese constitution is they can't have an, an offensive like military. They don't have one. They have a defensive one. They have a defense. So they can, if they're attacked or like that. And China keeps poking them indirectly and directly. One, by pushing their fishing territories into, into Japan and encroaching on their fishing territories. They like to build these things, these artificial islands. You can look this up, these artificial islands where they build these artificial islands and then claim ownership of the artificial islands. And with international law, you own 200 miles out of your territory island. And that's why it's, that's what's so important. Like, you know, like, like, well, you can't really build military bases on this. No, you can't, but you own the waters 200 miles outside of an island so you build an island you unearth land right and you claim it because it's new land you know you get 200 so you can park your warship and everything like that because it becomes your water you can do everything you want to it so the so what so china hasn't really parked like they had like small warships out there but only after they put their fishing vessels so when it's japan's um like defense fleet was like hey you're not supposed to be this far in you know because they do it anyways it's Anyway, so they have been poking Japan, and Japan's actually at, almost at the breaking point. They, they, their former prime minister had to step down because he, uh, he's been sick with he was sick of cancer, and they he picked and they had basically had the new chosen prime minister. He even came in like, "Hey, like if China keeps messing with us, we're going to change our constitution and get an offensive military." Right. Which, uh, China was was just holding warships just right outside of Japanese waters for like I think it was like two hundred days in a row. Mm-hmm. They just sat there yep. doing nothing. They didn't, they just were just trying to show, trying to flex. And so, yeah, we got this. What are you going to do about it? And Japan is like, do you really want to know what we're going to do about this? <laughs> We've just been making anime and manga, but if you want us to, we will go back to our old ways. I remember in 2015 when one of their first sand islands uh, really became visible to U.S. satellites. You, you had a you had a navy carrier send some jets out to basically surveil it, and they got contacted by some Chinese warships. And it was like a South Park episode. They were screaming, "It's like this is China, go away!" And it's just like, uh, "Yeah, this is uh, this is international water. You can't be here." And they're like, "This is ours now, go away!" And it's just like, "Oh shit!" Like. Mm-hmm. This is this 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 is bad. That was one of those moments where I'm like, who's gonna shoot first? Right, right. 
because you don't want to be the first. Yeah, because because uh, for some reason, like the U.S. news won't like we're, it. We will not like cover any of this, at least in the light that like look, look, no, no, these people are being the the, the a holes in the situation. You know, they're they're encroaching on this, and 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 what gets me, which really gets me upset, is like because you talk about seeing these these artificial islands and satellites. Speaking of satellite, China's fishing fleet right their uh, their little nautical navy of fishing fleets of overfishers they have dumped so much human fecal matter into the pacific you can see it from outer space yes i'm not it's joking disgusting. it's disgusting it's awful disgusting the things you learn here on the chris bangle <laughs> show <laughs> it is this this thing. and it's not like like well, like it's the ocean. No other place does this. No, most people take it back with them <laughs> and dump it at a port. You know, yeah. they take they have, they take on dark water and they dump their dark water off. Okay, maybe, maybe they think it's going to be like the BP oil spill, where all the oil just disappears. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or all they have to do is apologize, and it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Could but you imagine? Don't... Like it's so radioactive and full of just unknown shit. It creates like shitzilla or something. Oh God. <laughs> Okay, I did not want to see that. Oh, that's the terrible kaiju (laughs) monster. It's the ooze. Nobody wants that kaiju. (laughs) But, like, and they're open. So, like, I have to. All right. Just jumping over the place, and I blame Renzo. Wolf Warrior. Blame Renzo for this. But, Um, all right. So, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about this one thing real quick because this is going to take everybody out and then we need to take like a quick break. Okay. Um, One, I'm out of coffee, so I'm going to go grab some real quick. Um, So, what what goes on is China's uh, fishing fleet goes off into different areas and they overfish. One, China has a billion people; they need tons of different fish. Okay, and people they they they're people who have money and they want food, and there's tons of them. And since it's you know since it's more of a communist culture, they mismanage resources, so a lot of it gets wasted as well. So they're constantly overfishing. So most of the fish outside in China's fishing waters where they are legally allowed to fish, they've overfished. There are no fish. They're basically almost dead zones. So that forces them to go out out fishing further. And now you're saying like, well, the ocean's huge. Yes, but they encroach into all those different Asian Pacific islands out there. They have gone even by everyone's beloved Galapagos Islands and fished there. So everyone's like, not the turtles. Yeah. Yeah, so you're 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 famed Galapagos. Like we're going to leave this alone, and they, most of the world has decided like we are going to protect the Galapagos. China says, "F that, we're fishing there. We're going to eat those goddamn things." Okay, so if, if, you know, so even if you love communism, well, if you do, they're going to eat them damn turtles. Okay, all right, it's going to be awful. And this wolf warrior tactic, they do that to um, they go into African countries, bully them, right? And because they're they're fishing vessels, right? Or they have CCP members on their fishing vessels. So they're not technically military ships, but technically military ships. So you can't fire upon them or anything like that because you're firing upon the Chinese government. <laughs> and they, so they try to they try to bully smaller countries because they're like they can't do anything. And when we talk about it after the uh, we're here we're gonna take a break here in a bit, is the Belt and Road Initiative. So if you're indebted to the Chinese government. For the Belt and Road Initiative, that you also use that to influence so they can fish in your waters and overfish your waters. So, like these ancestral fishing waters, which some African countries have been fishing in for like thousands of years, nope, we'll overfish those and drain you, drain you with fish too. So, all right, all right, let's so let's go ahead and take a quick break. All right, 
right? Um, I don't know if the uh, producer, um, yeah, we want producer Paul, so producer Spangle. We don't hear the bumper, so I don't know if you're hitting the break or not. So I assume we're on the break now. Yeah. All right, so we're back. All right, so I went to go get more coffee, but this is the worst thing about cohabitation and marriage is they may drink all your coffee and eat all your bacon that you now, granted, she made the bacon. I made the coffee that would drink all that. So, I've got a funny story for you, Harry. So I, I've wanted to keep more focus on my blood pressure. So people watching the video version will be able to see I got myself a little fitness tracker to keep track of that stuff because I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. And um, what I noticed was when I got the instructions, they like – most of these things come from China. We know it. But I think when I got this fitness tracker for $23 on Amazon, because I really didn't want to pay for like a real one, um, I noticed that like it was all like very broken English. So I'm like, wow, this, this, is, uh, this is a little bit like, you know, embarrassing for the most part. Then I downloaded the app. It's called the Run M Fitness app. And I'm like, why is the, what's the M for? The M is nowhere in any of the branding. Like it doesn't make sense. Then I go onto the app. And usually it'll ask you, what language do you want? And then you click English, obviously, if, you, if you're speaking English. Well, when I go on the app, like you have everything in English and then underneath it, it's all Chinese. And it's, it's one of the situations where it's like, okay, like it's tracking, like it's, it's pretty good so far. I've only had for a day. It hasn't blown up yet or given me lead poisoning. Like I'm pretty happy with it. I don't need all the frills and other stuff. And it was super cheap. So I'm not complaining, but now I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm laying down sleeping with it. So it could track my sleep the first night. And I just stare at the ceiling and I'm like, is this thing sending my data to China? And long story short, at least I know what my blood pressure is. <laughs> and right. so do they. And so do they. So do they. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, I'm black, so there's no point of uh, tracking my blood pressure. It's high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just like, hmm. I was like, do you want your blood pressure, or I can just write black person? We can skip that. Like, yeah, just black person. It's okay. I'm mixed race. They just roll a d20, and if it's odds, it's high. If it's if it's evens, it's low. <laughs> oh yeah 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 which you know i do oh, all right so like political i really do need to like watch my blood pressure more often um uh i do like would uh, you like the link to the chinese fitness app god no god no 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 this is it was only samsung. 23 dollars harry it was only 23 dollars this is the samsung yeah. household okay let me download it on my own on my Huawei app <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Straight from Alibaba. <laughs> Rest in peace, Jack Ma. Wherever you are, I hope you're doing okay. Rest um, in power, King. Oh God, damn! Is he alive? <laughs> do we know? Do we know where he is? He has like made like a small appearance, but nothing. Like all right, that's okay, another. It, what, that, that's a, that's another Asian guy. I've seen that. That's another. That's another dude, and they're like, "You are Jack Ma now. Speak finance." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how to be a millionaire overnight. No, no, that's not the same one. You're right, racist so- if you say it's not the same one. I'm like, no, that's literally not him. <laughs> you can't just bring another short Asian guy here and expect me to think it's Jack Ma because he gives sound financial knowledge. It's not the same. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't trust most Jeff, uh, Chinese financial knowledge because most of the time when they get rich, they just own esports teams. 
<laughs> well, like, all, all of the League of Legends esports teams are owned by the millionaires in China, and the only reason they do that is because they don't have anything better to do with their money. I really like. I really hope that during COVID and everything last year, China would have bought the Redskins. So instead of being like the Washington football team, it would be like China football team. We bring him back on G three. He has now. You broke him. We fix him. We make him better. Wolf warrior. Okay. And we go back to Redskins now. (laughs) you can't do that voice what are you doing please stop now why you keep remzo in the bullpen in the back we're gonna put you on your own show we're gonna put you on your own show <laughs> All right, now, now that's a that problematic segment out of the way. <laughs> the um, what's I? All right, so yes, um, a lot of those like a Chinese documents, something like that they're sending I'm your a quarter info. Korean, I can get away with it. So they're sending your information back to the government because a lot of people don't understand if you have a. Why well, um, does China want to know my blood pressure though? Well, that really your blood pressure. A lot of those electronics, like I'm guessing, it doesn't do it. It doesn't talk to the internet on its own. It uses no. something else to talk to the internet, like your phone, right? Yeah. So it use so it takes information from that too. Mm-hmm. So it pulls information from there. It also pulls GPS information where you are, where you're like that. So you've got this thing. Let's say you just started like, thank you for walking around, running around a military base. We appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> or and, you- and and now they know what to send you on wish. Oh. <laughs> I can get a Rolex for two dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, very or, nice. Or would dear leader like to say, know an IP, know a person? Yes, because if they have your home IP, they can also like use that to funnel like where you are, build connection, build trees from that. Just same thing like the U.S. government. The U.S. government likes to collect your data too to find out what you're doing. That's why like the demonization of like quote unquote the dark web and not using Tor is so. Do they try to demonize it? It's like they're not demonizing because it's all bad things on the dark web. It's just more of a we don't know what you're doing there. So that's, so it's bad. Don't go there. It's bad. You know, it's like, it's, it, it's bad. I, I, I've been trying to like, think about making like a, all right, so this is bad. I'm doing it again. I'm talking about, cause I was talking about doing the VPN Wolf episode. Warrior. I've been also wanting to do the episode on like how to make a, like a, like how to make a quote unquote dark web website, like make one for your house. Like, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. This would be great. Show all the people how to do this thing. But, Chris, you got mad because of my voice, and now Harry's talking about pretty much criminal activity. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's not criminal. It's not criminal. Everything I said has been criminal. Math and knowledge isn't criminal. This is is what's going on out there. Uh, All right. So, So China. Wolf Warrior. (laughs) There's just a lot to unpack here, and not a lot of time to do it. Um, Because I'm just feel like data dumping, data dumping. You have to understand what's going on here. But where we left off was the Belt and Road Initiative. Um, At first, I was kind of skeptical. Me personally, I I had the wrong um, perception of the Belt and Road Initiative. I I thought really we could probably at that point get China to open up. I like the idea they were doing special economic zones, and I really felt like China, like the the pool on the Communist Party of China, was like was moving down. Like it was, it it was they were 
trying to become bigger players on the international stage. Um, granted, they barely did anything to really earn any of that, but it really feels that with the rise of Jack Mom, a lot of these billionaire class, a lot of these people getting out in the open, it was like, all right, this is going and the money funneling in there, like, okay, this is going to be good for them because they're going to be able to see, like, whoa, 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 this thing is slowing us down. This, this, the Communist Party has too much power. We want more, uh, uh, you know, they're moving into Hong Kong. They want the liberalism of the rest of the Western world, like the Western world has it, but with an Eastern spin. But that hasn't happened. Um, I the, would, I would disagree slightly. If if I can jump in real fast, I think the biggest factor as to whether or not it's been a success or not has been r- really the, the 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 lending practices, and this is what has halted a lot of expansion, um, you know, throughout the rest of Africa. Uh, in in the West, we're calling it predatory lending practices. In China, they're calling it make a deal to get what you want. When the United States gives a whole bunch of money to a country, we're not just doing it because we want to get something immediately out of it. What we're asking for is a bunch of changes. We want you to you know, provide more health care. We want you to do more stuff for women in the workforce. We want you to do stuff for you know, like uh, ethnic minorities and for all this other stuff. We want you to bring down your carbon footprint. That's what happens when America is offering you money now. Now China comes in. They offer you more money, and then they say, that piece of land over there, we're going to go there, and you're going to leave us alone, and you can do whatever the hell you want. Now, yes. we call it predatory lending because then the land can expand and then you've got a bunch of tanks in the city and now suddenly we've t- the Chinese have taken all your fish. But China and that country see it as we got what we want and they got a lot of cash and we're not asking them to change anything. Where is it predatory? I, I'm not saying it's not ethical, but how is it predatory? It's predatorial because what they're doing, they're influencing their corrupt 1% of that country. Every country mm-hmm. has their 1% class. Um, but in a lot of those African countries and some Middle Eastern countries, that 1% is this dictatorial ruling party and their friends and family. And they control mm-hmm. a lot of that. So what they are doing is basically strip mining the, those countries' resources on the guise of we're going to work with this country to help us out, to build this initiative, to get the access to that, but they get neither. The, the Chinese government gets the ability to go there, mine for resources, extract resources and build like their like massive highway segment to connect it to China. And it's just more of a scene as like, um, just like a, just these little like connecting pods. And with the, and if the government really doesn't like pay back in time or they can't afford their interest payments, well, they continuously keep extracting more and more things from that from that country. And they don't even get jobs from this country. So they actually make the country even more poor because they take over these massive swaths of land and they actually put barbed wire fences up in some cases. And it's basically people who are they're they're they're, they're Chinese people pass as barbed wire fence. They're doing all the construction. It's basically a big piece of hunk of your country has turned to China and you were sold out by your ruling class. That's, that's the funny thing about going back to Wolf Warrior 3. Like when you see the Chinese expatriates out in this fictional African country, they're not running like 7-Elevens and dry cleaners. Like it's like this entire area is just Chinese, you know, like middle working class business leaders who are employing all these poor fictional Africans who would have never had anything otherwise. And then when you have this giant Chinese carrier at their port, what are they doing? They're only bringing in humanitarian supplies. They're only, they're only building schools and bridges. Now what's crazy is like, I I don't don't know if it was in like Djibouti or somewhere else, but um, 
this one country in, in like North Africa, they wanted China to actually build them a bridge. China built them like this giant interstate highway in like a year. And it is phenomenal when you look at how big it is and what it's done for them. So like China will do that. But then it's like, how, how were they able to make it so fast? You know, we, we look at that here in the United States. It's like, well, did the, did the contractors and the subcontractors to get paid? Did they, did they take land? You know, did they take land? Did they do everything environmentally friendly? China's like, you want the bridge? When do you want it by? Okay, here's your bridge. Don't ask questions. Yeah, don't ask questions. So, so there's so there's a big cost benefit to the situation. So that that's why when they say predatory lending, it's like if you know if you know what you're getting out of it, and if you know what the cost of the deal is, that's your fault. That's not predatory. It, it's predatorial on the aspect of like the other working class people in that country has no say in that thing. Like, yeah. yes, you're like, well, they can vote. Like, yeah, a lot of those countries that uh, voting does nothing. It can get you killed. You it's like vote. voting in North Korea. Kim Jong-un gets 100% of the vote every time. Well, 99.9%. 99.9. Yeah. Some people he voted sure. He voted for his uh, opponent just to make his opponent feel better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. Then that person gets executed. <laughs> <laughs> But um, thank you for competing. Now die. Oh, god damn it. Stop. <laughs> it, it, it has to be 99%. He has to show how humble he is by saying that he, he didn't get 100% of the votes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's choice. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But yeah, those people, and that's predatory on that aspect because it's basically their ruling class selling them out and moving out. Uh, but but because, who are but who are we to offer money at the same time and then demand so many changes? Because what we're doing is uh, well, not we. The U.S. What they're trying to do, what they believe to do, is that if they give up this much cash, that those people will take that money and then try to do better inside of that country to help people out. It's the the, the idea of trying to get it done without doing conflict to make someone's life easier and better without the all like blood and guts and like the shooting and the rampant uh, like to give them to peacefully evolve into something better. Um, it's not predatory because like they can choose to stay as is or they can take this thing it's more of like incentivizing this one is more of, of like we're going to make what you're brutal, you're brutalizing dict and being dictator and we're going to make your you know we don't care here's more cash i i mean i equate it to like uh you know french ngos in nigeria trying to teach nigerian farmers to grow soybeans what are the nigerian farmers saying we can't grow soybeans here it will destroy the land and the french ngos are like no you just don't know any better grow some soybeans wink and then once the land is destroyed because they grew soybeans despite what the farmers who have been there for centuries have said they're like oh sorry we destroyed your land here's a here's a recyclable grocery bag we're going to go back to france now and talk about how great this was you, you know i think that's part of the ignorance and i don't necessarily know if it's ignorance or or just outright negligence for a lot of western ngos and this is not in defense of china but, you know, it's like, you know, tw- 20 plus years trying to establish liberal democracy in Iraq. Maybe yeah. they just don't want it. Maybe it's just not going to work. And when we keep trying to instill this Americanization, I'm not saying that, you know, we have solutions that are better than other places. I'd argue that we do. But when it comes to this, it's like it's not coming through the most effective ways. If it comes from the top down and not from the ground up, you, of course, they're going to go to China because China's not asking much and they're offering more money. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Not every country is going to be the like a like a Western democratic country or, or like a, or a representative republic like the U.S. is. I, I mean, I would that argue is, that Rwanda is one of the most like successful African countries, especially coming out of the Rwandan genocide. They're one of the most developed. They're one of mm-hmm. the most competitive. They they get no credit for that. Because no. we, we look at their growth and because they're still not up to like an American level, we think, oh, they have so much room to grow. They've grown a lot in three decades. Yep. They also Now, don't get me wrong. They also have a very good relationship with the United States. I'm not saying we haven't played a positive factor in that. I think we have. But, you know, that, that had to come through reconstructing a country in which the current president and people have criticisms of um, Paul Mugabe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think, I think I got his name wrong. I think his name is something else, but either way, like they have criticisms because he's been in power ever since, but it's also like, you know, there, there aren't like massive, like, um, you know, death squads in the street or something like that. Like he's not, he's nowhere near an African dictator. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of the yeah, yes, which we do see, especially like in South Africa. South Africa basically is almost on the verge of becoming Paul a Kagame. State. That's his name, Paul Kagame. Yeah, but you're but you're absolutely right because as you even see here in the U.S., some people are they like authoritarian like regimes. They like it. They like it. They want it. They want to fit in and they want to be told what to do. This part of the human condition. Some people want this thing. And Easier think, that way. Yeah, and I think like with the U.S., you're, I think like Remsel's probably hitting on something. Like I think the best thing the U.S. could do with their money is to make the U.S. better and make it easier for people to come here. I think that that want that. That people who are yearning to free and want to break away from those regimes, we made it easier to get the hell out. I think you're, I think you might be hitting on something. I, I you know, I, yeah, I think probably both are, I think you've changed my mind. Like, yeah, both seem predatory, you know? You know, because you can't, you're basically just enticing to get someone to do something, even like one's just has the best of intentions. But the way you, but when you put artificial money into like any type of economy, you basically steal from the people who are there trying to, trying to become entrepreneurs inside that country. And then now, play devil's advocate gets my own point. Like, you know, I, I think people, and I use some of the terms like American imperialism and stuff like that. Like, there, there is a distinct difference. Like, you know, we're not going in and we're not completely like, you know, destroying their their fish population. Yeah. We're not completely going in and setting up like little America in these places for the most part. And people can argue me, with me about this. We are very equitable and very diplomatic. You might not like the fact that we've got big military bases there. But when you compare us to China, mm-hmm. we're really holding back on our potential, because if we wanted to take from these places, it would be very easy. And and that's one of my criticisms of Donald Trump was not selling statehood to uh, different countries. <laughs> I'm so, so mad. Easy. I'm so, so mad he didn't take Greenland by force. <laughs> no, sold it. Sold it to the people of Greenland. Like, listen, you want to become a state? This is what you get. There you go. Folk the great deal maker failed. You know, can you imagine like especially like get Venezuela become oh we are on a super tangent right now. Man, I'm just saying we sell Puerto Rico and we (laughs) buy Greenland. Right? Right? Sell Puerto Rico. Make Um, Puerto Rico McDonald's Island or Marriott Island. Let me get back to China. Amazon Island. But before before I get back to China, I (laughs) want to discredit France real quick because France is asshole. French is one of the biggest asshole European (laughs) countries out there. Yes, they may have pulled out of colonization of Europe. They are still taking money from African countries because they get first rights of all mineral things that pull from there. Fuck France. Every time someone I bring up how France is, I'm like, fuck them. Sorry, I swore, but like, 
<laughs> oh my god, F France. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways. <laughs> All right, Tell me so, how you really feel. So China. So China. Wolf Warrior. <laughs> so the Belt and War, Ro- Road Initiative uses the now the same thing with the Belt and Road Initiative. Like uh, they've also been moving into this thing called a um, what is that pharmaceutical or vaccine diplomacy and using the belt and road for it to move around their quote unquote vaccine. Because don't forget like J and J Pfizer Moderna are not the only vaccines out there on the market for this thing. China has their own. Now their efficacy, and their effectiveness. I mean, what do you expect? According to China, that, it's very good. Oh, what do you good. expect the people that created it to also be the people that could cure it? Whoa, 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 well, that's, uh, uh, we don't know if. Oh, I'm was. sorry. How about we look at where it started, Wuhan, and let's see, where where in Wuhan will we go for the source? Maybe the coronavirus lab. <laughs> tell Maybe that we to, should start Tell that there. to the Umbrella Corporation, the T-Virus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I haven't seen Raccoon City in a while, but I haven't seen it in a while. There it is. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> I just went full Chris Redfield. <laughs> Punching boulders and stuff. You know. Anyways, uh, we, we don't know that for a fact. If that it started that, it is just seems. We as- should ask them, though. We should go to Wuhan on a wall-sponsored trip and go to the coronavirus lab and ask them, did you guys create covid all right, so um, the, all right, so <laughs> tangent number thirty-two. Uh, <laughs> the there's not in Chinese propaganda uh, when people talk about China, they will say this. This is this thing. Like, um, like if there was any in the chat, like because like they would see this thing and see me talk about this, right? Um, that China would have they would have said something like. Um, we'll come here. Come here and look at this. Come here and look at the. Uh, you, you, how dare you say that? Come here, look at what we have, and say this. And there are some of these things which are from the Chinese translation are called white monkeys. So they take Western Westerners to come the um, to come to China. They pay them tons of money to that go around. That sounds racist. To come around into China and to show different things about China, like, look, what are you talking about? There's no genocide here. There's no forced labor camps here. Look at Wuhan. Look how nice it is. This is this is what this has. But what they do is they personally caretake them over to like certain areas, and they're all there at the exact same time. So if you watch their videos of these people, um, these shills, these CCP shills on YouTube, you you watch. They're, they're all around the same time. They're all the exact same people. This is all of a staged act, a play put on. So like, so people who are casually observing of all this are like, oh, there is no you know, genocide. Oh, yeah, they do that the center of biology. This place is doing fine. They're not doing anything bad there. You know, it's just, it's that, that show, that play they put on. It's just, it's just like that. That's the criticism. Come here, show like, which most Americans like, fine, I'll go there. I'll bring my cameras. And when, when some Americans do that, they try to get there and showcase things. They get their cameras destroyed, they get deported, or they get disappeared. There yeah. are people who went over to who's were in, who went to China to because they said, "Come here, look at this," or have been disappeared. Um, uh, I've seen them ever since. Right. Um, yeah. ADV China's podcast when they went there to their uh, the tour of no- northern China. Yeah, they're missing two people. They have not seen. They have no idea where they are. I haven't seen them. 
Did they go looking for Jack Ma? (laughs) Jack Ma. So this guy that we keep the uh, Ramzo keeps bringing up, putting things on different t- tangents, and uh, uh, dear leader had just said that we have moved into 2015 wall uh, wall standards. Thanks, thanks, thank you, <laughs> thanks, thank you. Uh, all right, so Jack Ma, uh, he so people's like, where I've heard this name before, who are this person? The Jack Ma is the Jeff Bezos of China, who basically helped build this the site called Alibaba, which. Basically, it's just clone of Amazon, but in China called Alibaba. It helps you serve like a lot of different things. If you find something cheap on Amazon, it's like five dollars, but it looks identically to like ten different items on China uh, on Amazon or this other product. It is because Alibaba. You can buy different things. So, like let's say like 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 your mouse, like my little Razor mouse that they have here, right? You can find only the exact clone of it. Well, not this one because Razor stuff is made in Taiwan, but you can almost find like a clone of a mouse like this on Alibaba, but you have to buy like 50 of it because the factory in China, right, that builds these things, well, they'll do off cycle productions and they'll build these things and they'll sell them on offline Alibaba. You know, so you can get the almost the exact same product with lot less quality control done. So, less. But, but here's here's the crazy money. thing though. Like, you know, for, for a lot of these businesses that are owned by Alibaba who are part owned by the CCP, like they don't run off the idea of generating profit. What they care about is sales and influence in other markets. So like I'm I'm a big watch collector. Watch collecting is an expensive hobby. There's a brand of watches, and I'm not being paid to show this, um, called Pagani Design. It Mm -hmm. it sounds sticky when you think about Pagani design creates luxury watches. And when I say that, I mean, I'm not just saying they look like it, but the specs are there. Like, let's say you want something that's a Rolex equivalent. It's going to come with a sapphire crystal, a ceramic bezel, stainless steel. It's going to keep amazing time and look just like a Rolex. And that watch is only like 90 bucks. So when before I really knew what, you know, and, and I was getting it through like the American subset AliExpress under Alibaba, I was getting these Pagani design watches. And then I looked more into it. I'm like, wait, these things are mass produced with only the intention of destroying the Swiss watch market. That's the only reason why they're doing it. It's not because they're going to make money off of it. It's not because they want to compete in the watch world. It's because they just want to go ahead and do it to do it. Mm-hmm. To shut it down. So they become the only place to get these watches in the future. And yeah. then, yes, I'm not into oh, like watches. I'm, I'm sorry, Remzo. I, I'm just, I, I like plastic Casio watches when I do wear watches. You want the $23 Chinese fitness tracker? I'll send you the link on Amazon. No, no, I see that. I've actually seen some of those on Woo. I was like, oh, this is new. Why is it so cheap? Oh, China. Oh, don't pulling out. Uh, and another good example. Yeah, good. Another good example is that China likes to make a lot of, uh, in the gaming world, if, 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 this, if the game isn't owned by Tencent, they mm-hmm. like to make a lot of games that are similar and put it on mobile and then like then it pulls down all the other games that are like that so mm-hmm. now a, now a game that is big and popular is now a clone of a clone of a clone of a clone of clone is it unless like Tencent is, owns it is it like why there are so many different versions of like you know candy crush and stuff like yes. that yeah the, all the versions of candy crush all the different versions of like um diablo Mm-hmm. They have like all those Di- the mobile Diablo clones, and they're and they're like a clone of a clone of a clone of a clone, and they all look the same. But they're there just to, to lower the market down, so that way, once their big companies decide to release something that's connected to it, that gets all the eyes on it. So like Tencent owns League of Legends, which is the biggest esport currently mm-hmm. running. So they own Riot Games, who makes League of Legends. 
So they have all this money and backing into this game that they care so much about to the point where during the lockdown and the quarantine, when they're supposed to have their world championship, they're like, we're just going to bring all the best players to China. We're going to, we're a section of an area for all the best players across the world to China. And we're going to do it in China. Cause this means it makes us so much money to have this running in China. Was there a bit of follow any of it going on? How, like, how did their bubble do? Did their bubble get broken? Like the NBA, NFL, and oh yeah, like that. That they had a. Well, the thing is that you don't know because they didn't talk about it. But it was a very tight, small bubble to the point where they had all these markets that they had already sold for last year. But because mm-hmm. they couldn't do it, they actually changed everything to this year and then had a closed off, sectioned off tournament last year. So then China, for the first time ever, has the, the championship two years in a row. Mm. When normally it goes from, from like, Europe to America to, to, you know, all over the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Because, like, most people's, like, ones, most, like, league, like, that they did their bubbles. Most of their bubbles were popped. Even the NHL one, which I thought the NHL bubble was going to be, like, impervious. No one could beat this bubble because, like, they put it in Canada, a very cold swat of Canada, out in rural Canada. Like, this bubble will not be, uh, will be burst. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Can't put that much, you know, <clears throat> men in one area. And eventually someone's going to, like, straggle off and go get some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Gotta stay warm in Canada, eh? <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's the NHL. I don't half of them probably didn't care. Either. They were so busy punching people, but of course they wear a face. But anyway, Wolf Warrior, blame Remzo. This is why we can't have him on the main show. We gotta go back down to the minor leagues for Remzo. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, at least mine was about China. So yeah, yeah. See, be like be like Vincent. And right, Vincent so, likes Wolf Warrior 3. Or he will <laughs> once he watches it. <laughs> okay, so what tangent? All right, so we pulled off that tangent. We went from there and we got there to. All right, should I go back to like Chinese history or do you, I guess, want me to. <laughs> it's up to you. You guess have like pulled my brain off into like five different things because I, I, I think- love tangents. Yeah, I mean, I think we could probably, as, as we get towards the latter half of the show, just really kind of assess where we are now. So we gave a pretty good, like, you know, drunk history recap of <laughs> everything leading up to now. We went from Mal immediately a wolf warrior. But, um, you, you know, right now, I think uh, wh- when I was in Washington, D.C., there was there, there are really two teams in, in, in terms of who controls the media and who controls um, think tanks in terms of, you know, that underhanded influence. It's not outright, but it's always something where it's like we're going to leverage our cash and our influence. So when we need it, we got it. And it really it was Saudi Arabia versus Qatar. There's an amazing uh, documentary on YouTube uh, called uh, Blood Money. I think it had some other subtitle. But basically, it talks about the the secret war for influence in D.C. for nonprofits and think tanks and stuff like that between Saudi Arabia and Qatar. And what you, you could very easily do, uh, and, and I'll say this, like the, when I was at the Washington Times, we were Team Qatar. We were literally running ads in print on our website for Qatar. And other places were doing it to bring people, um, you know, to Saudi Arabian owned, um, you know, energy businesses and stuff like that, because there's no tourism for that for that regard. And then eventually you'd find like, you know, Dubai, Kuwait, uh, that type of thing. But really, it's Saudi Arabia, Qatar. Um, and 
with with them, what they do is they they will bring journalists and you know researchers and stuff on trips to like network, and they'll show you how great their country is. A lot of countries do it, but with Qatar and Saudi Arabia, it's really heavy. With with China, what they started opening, and this is the one thing I really did appreciate from the Trump administration. China was teaming up with Ivy League colleges to open up Confucius centers. Do you know what Confucius centers are? Confucius centers are basically. Chinese out out um, ch- Chinese think tanks that are supposed to create relations with other countries. So they're they're research based, but what they really are is they're an outward representation of essentially Chinese propaganda. And what these Confucius centers were doing is they were hosting these events and stuff, and they were basically grooming reporters from many um, you know many TV networks and other very popular um, publications to essentially write pro-China pieces. And then what they would do is they'd be like, oh, you know, we read your piece. That's awesome. How about you come and be a speaker and we'll pay double your speaking fee? Well, I don't have a speaking fee. Okay, pick a number and we'll double it. So Trump was actually like, um, this is like, we, we found people who were spies. We found people who were trying to steal information from the colleges that they're based at. So Trump was basically like, we're not giving any public funding to that. And in some cases, we're going to outwardly shut them down if we catch spies here. But these Confucius centers are all over the country. They're all over the world. I think in the, in the US, they're, they're dwindling, but like that, that was a big issue. And I mean, I, I've read some of the stuff that they were putting out there. At one point, they were holding um, a seminar that was, that was streamed online regarding you know, what truth is in the era of fake news. So what they're doing is they're taking something that's relevant to us, and then they're throwing the Chinese spin on there. And what they basically said was, it's not unethical if a news organization publishes a story that is factually wrong but it leads to better results in the long term for greater society. And you had American reporters like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then uh, the rest of us look at, at that and we're like, no, your job is to tell the truth and report the facts and tell us what's going on. It's not to shape a narrative in order to deliver a result that you want. Now, this goes off on a whole thing. But, you know, I think the the, the issue that some people have is some, some narrow, I'll call it narrow mindedness. We're not going to get into a shooting war of China. It's going to be a war of will. And because of how our government is set up, where every two years we change who's in charge of multiple branches and every four years we change who our president is, we, we go through a lot of that uncertainty. And to a large degree, that's what makes a lot of countries scared of us because of that uncertainty, because they don't know who's going to be in charge. Like to go from Obama to Trump to then back to Biden. I mean, who could have really predicted that? But with China, because they don't have that and because they have such an ironclad control of their government and their country, they can play a long game. Mm-hmm. And they will, you know, when it comes to a test of wills, theirs in terms of just a long term plan and the means to achieve that is something that is going to be a constant challenge for us as we really decide whether or not we're going to continue to be a global influence. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> See, like um, Wolf Warrior. <laughs> I, 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 I was like, I, I used to be in that whole um, camp on like, like, like China's like has all this long game thinking. This is like long game, long game thinking. Up until like I really like I, I look into it like a from a different aspect of it. I don't see the long game thinking on and on of it. I see a, there are a lot of short term fixes that somehow make it. They make it, 
but they're all short-term fixes. There's a huge amount of corruption inside of there. So like, and, and I think everyone's long-term fix to most of them is to get the money that they're making and get the heck out of China. And that's what you see a lot of their one percenters are doing. That's why like the whole like buy like 10 cent and buying property, like and stuff like that. They're getting the heck out. A lot of Japanese million, uh, not Japanese, Chinese millionaires and like, like their millionaire class have bought property in the U S and other countries. So they can get citizenship and get some of their family and that cash out of there. Because while it's still, and they're still in China, that money can be zapped at any time by this, by the CCP. If they say anything like that, Jack Ma, was taken down, disappeared. This is this is a billionaire. They're Jeff Bezos. They're Elon Musk. This is like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos coming out, or Bill Gates even like saying, like, you know what? I'm I'm discrediting the president, and then they're disappearing. Like a lot of people like to say, like the U.S. government was fascist; they can do these different things, but they wouldn't touch a billionaire, a millionaire. The CCP has Jack Ma basically uh, posted is basically like just a small picture of a beam of sake. Um, if you burn all the books because you fear what is in them, you will be overthrown later by illiterates who couldn't read those books. Like, mm-hmm. so it's just coming. Something just nonchalant. And we no one could really could tell what Jack Ma was saying when with that thing. And but the CCP was so afraid that he was talking about them disappeared with way too much power. I mean, he had one of the largest Instagram accounts in the world. Like even though a lot of people might not have heard of him, like he had global reach. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was in trying to inspire entrepreneurs and doing things outside, even outside of China. Right. He like, he's, you know, like it, 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 it was almost like the, his freedom when he was doing, it was like the, it was like, okay, maybe China is changing. I remember somebody, some other like finance investing, you know, influencer type tried going after Ma. And he's like, well, you know, if you support Jack Ma, Jack Ma is a communist. And Jack Ma responded, yeah, I'm Chinese. Everyone is a communist. You you don't have a choice. You're all part of the Communist Party if you want to live. Mm-hmm. And that's all he had to say. Yep. And he, he just he just went on because when you attack Jack Ma, you better you better not flinch. And that's you know, it was it was a weak attack. But it's like, you know, China, much like Russia. I mean, I think rock and roll, the show Dallas and Blue Jeans did more to take down the will of the Soviet Union than anything else we did militarily. I'm not saying to discount that. Obviously, outspending them, out intimidating them did help. But you, you can't you can't break a wall by just hitting one side of it. All the time. Correct. There was a lot of those cracks of things coming in and coming out. I think um, that's the other thing. Like when that's why the CCP does heavily controls the internet and internet access inside of China, uh, and that's um, why like um, like so they can't access this. So like no one in China can see like Facebook, YouTube. They don't have access to the thing. So when you see someone inside of China and they have access to these Western social media sites or like our sites like this. That is either there's only like two different ways that they have access, right? Maybe a third unknown magic way. But the one is they work for the CCP and that's their job to be out there and out speaking about it. This is what they are doing. They work for the government uh, of China and this is what they're doing. Second, they are there. They have money. They and they have the knowledge to get past those filters and sensors. 
So there are some people out there, um, like Naomi, um, Real Sexy Cyborg. She, you know, she just has the knowledge to get past all of it, and she's very protective of herself because she understands that, you know, like she gets too big, or they find out where exactly she is, they'll zap her right out, or just pull, or like she, she instantly becomes a shell. Uh, there, there are people out there that are like that. Uh, the, you know, it's so when you see them up there, like, oh, China's like that. No, 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 that's a statement actor. And it's and it's an astonishing like because you watch like on YouTube and like Twitter like that none of them will get that tag they'll never get that tag like this is a series where it's like kind of like Russia Today or NP or not NPR but um, um the BBC they none of them are like well this is a state run out through like nope they won't put it there but it should be there because of how the 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 Chinese government does that because I bring that up to talk about because some people say like well how come the people in China don't like rise up and overthrow their government because they hate it so much. If they are, the floods are so terrible inside of China and destroying their crops. There are no food. The buildings are crumbling. Everything is bad. Why don't they do this? Well, it's because of this. They can't talk to each other. They're isolated. They're completely isolated. So when they're sitting in their small little province, isolated from everybody, yeah, you can travel between the provinces, but like you've got to have money to travel there. But but they have no way to like communicate. There's no phones. Like you don't. Some of them don't have the infrastructure to actually communicate. Like we can communicate as fast as we can communicate. So it's going to happen very slowly because there are small protests inside of China about what the CCP has done. It is. It's building up over time. The the CCP, um, this in the last year, uh, wanted to change like, change different schools because there are different ways inside of China because they view they value um, like this education and college just like here in the U.S. higher than they do, do blue collar work. But since China, most of their econ- most of the economy and everything is built on this industrial, like we can build it, we are the manufacturer of the world. They need more people to do this, so they've been trying to flip that back. This shorthanded, like, but they've been building up college because they want to have more college grads to show off to the rest of the rest of the world. So they're in this weird influx, and what they were trying to do is mess with the. Um, this college just to show to all these people is like, okay, you went from being like like you know like degrees, but we're gonna give more blue collar workers there. So we're basically devaluing your degree to build up these blue collar workers. And they like, they had protests, massive protests. Like you cannot do this. You're just, we poured all this money into this and, you know, and they really couldn't find um, like police. that will actually go in there to like, to settle this protest out. They actually had to go outside that province, grab some people and bring them in. I, I think I think the future is China in in a large part. Not and when I say that, I'm not saying the CCP. I'm not even saying that's going to be something that results uh, directly from the action of the Chinese government. I think largely what we're going to see is a rise in Chinese expatriates overseas that have a large access to capital as well as good relationships with the West as well as with the CCP, and they're going to basically be the unintended leaders of where China goes internationally, because it's why China, for the most part, is largely capitalistic in a, in a, you know, in, in a broad sense to that degree. And they know that, you know, with, with the world changing, China has never been so fixed to orthodoxy that they're not willing to change what they believe in order to justify the actions they take. Now, at the same time, we're also dealing with the government that said, okay, Christians, here's your new Bible. And it was a Bible that was censored and re-edited to fit that of CCP ideology. Um, you know, let, let's, let's be serious. They're still not the best people that you want to be friends with at the end of the day. But, you know, I think 
think uh, as we go into a more global world, a post-COVID world, a world where really there is no more starving artist because there's such a demand for creative skills and soft skills online. Um, you know, I think I think if if you want to understand where the world is going, Americans have to look at Africa because what's going on between this tug of war between the U.S. and yeah, I'll still include NATO allies to a degree between the U.S. and NATO allies and China. Um, what, what's going to really tell are the people that go in and make a success of it and bring a positive impact to the countries that they're bringing, not because of support from China or because of support from the United States, but in spite of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, it, it takes it takes a million cracks to take down a big wall. I think it's going to have to happen that way. And that's not me being, you know, o- overly optimistic either. I think things are going to get really uh, shifty and complicated and challenging in a way. But if human history has shown us anything, it's that all empires either have to adapt or change. And um, China understands, I mean, you know, Trump labeled them currency manipulators. They understand that at some point, even they can't keep printing and inflating and artificially, you know, doing, you know, we, we complain about it here in the U.S. It's like, well, you know, we artificially inflate our economy, too. You compare us to China, it's nothing. But that's why they're moving to a digital yuan or, or, or however you properly pronounce the currency, a digital when. Like they're, they're going to they're gonna make that change, not because of this strive for innovation it's gonna come out of an act of desperation and survival. Correct. Yeah, because they ever. Yeah, because they have manipulated their currency to that much. And if they build it on the blockchain, they build on that hype that on blockchain technology, people will like will buy into that and probably and try to use that. But it's just. But I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're. Right. I think you're right. Um, with like, it's just going to be the showdown, and this is what's got me a little bit worried about going into the future. I like like doing future speculation because like uh, I always get scared like the great empires are probably going to like start coming back like the so when China took over Hong Kong again and India going back and fighting like China again I'm like man what if Japanese empire came back and the British empire like now that UK is not part of the EU what if it Britain said like screw it we're the empire again we're going to go back after we're going to get India again they're messing up with COVID let's take that back over let's take Hong Kong back over I think I think that's got a, a a point of diminishing returns, though, because now we live in a world where land is not the most valued thing, and, and now it's access. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you know I think the the, the space race is going to turn into a space war. China has developed uh, a spacecraft that's basically like a satellite battering ram. And it's like, you know, once you start doing that, you know, I hope to God they never do it because you get into a space where you start taking out the satellites, you know, we're not going to be able to do the Saturday show. It's going to be really difficult. But at the same time, it's like, you know, just look at what China has done in certain sectors, whether it's e-commerce, gaming, et cetera, even films. Like, you know, I've been bringing up Wolf Warrior this entire time. When Wolf Warrior 1 came out, it was the highest grossing action film globally. And it only had access in China and some parts of East Asia and Africa. They didn't even need the American market for that. Usually it's China and the American market that are the biggest driver for ticket sales for movies. Yet Wolf Warrior did that without that. They made more money than like the entire Fast and Furious franchise combined. Mm. Mm. 
So, and, and you know, like I, I'm not, I'm not a doomsday sayer or anything. I always think you should leverage a little bit of your skills and your finances to prepare for the worst situations. But you know, with this, I'm still saving cash, despite the fact that cash is more of a liability now than it's ever been in my lifetime. I'm still investing regularly in the U.S. stock market. I, I, you know, this is a nationalist thing, but I really do plead that people, it's like you know, invest in America. Really do. Like you, you want to invest in, in the American stock market. At the same time, it's like prepare for this global market. You know, at one point when I was a, a freelance copywriter, um, you know, I wasn't the best in the world, but I had a constant flow of clients coming globally. I did, I did website design and copywriting for clients in Australia, Malaysia, India, uh, Tunisia, which was crazy, Mexico, Canada, Switzerland. Because when you throw a, a net out to this giant global economy, you're going to be able to get clients. It's an abundance mindset. And, um, you know, I think I think China understands that in some ways, despite the fact that, you know, they will always be their own greatest enemy, much like it's the same way at the U.S. We will always be our own greatest enemy. But, you know, the the, the future is more dangerous. The future is more complicated. But it's not it's I don't think it's going to lead to, you know, the the Armageddon that we're predicting within our lifetimes. I think things will get harder. But, you know, if we if we can identify this now, understand it, accept what we can't change and know that, and have the wisdom to accept what we can change, um, you know, ultimately we're, we're entering a we're entering a strange new world. Yeah. Yeah. I think Wolf Warrior. <laughs> I think you've hit it there on the head. All right. So like so so this episode doesn't get to 2015 wall classic. Um, we're getting up to like a like a good hard limit, like hitting that. Basically, noon Eastern Standard Time when um, Gunther starts wanting to go outside and go have a park and get really shouting. I don't know if anyone can hear her on my microphone running around the house, but she's getting to that point. So, in the spirit of having a wall classic, um, I figure we go around the room and just say if anyone wants to do anything and talk like that. So, let's just talk to like uh, uh, Remzo. Uh, if anything you want to shill, you want to bring up, or just something you didn't get across on the show, or something else you're going to want to bring up. No, I think I brought up everything. I got to talk about Wolf Warrior, Fist and Fear, Fist of Fury, and so much in this episode. It's a dream come true. Uh, I've got John Lee, uh, John Lee Dumas on on the run on Monday. It's going to be a great show talking about you know stop using the fact that you might be an introvert as an excuse. What is imposter syndrome? How do you deal with people who are trying to up you in a in a negotiation and argument? So we're going to be talking to him all that and more on the run this week. Oof, imposter syndrome. Mm. I hope no one has that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Vincent, do you want to bring up anything? Uh, just that um, I, I can remember a world that, that I'm really not super into. I don't think you, most of you guys talked about, but I'm more into like the gaming and all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting to see how how China is able to wield their power so well. The CCP is able to wield their power so quickly and efficiently. Uh, where earlier this week they had, they had set, they decided that video games was uh, a spiritual drug for children and that they should limit how much time they're allowed to interact with video games. So during they basically made it so that way uh, children can only play video games for an hour on every weekday and limit it to a hard limit of an hour. And it, immediately started tanking 10 cent stock and then after 10 cent stock started to go down they immediately doubled back and it's like well it's not that big of an issue and the 10 cent stock went back to where it was 
Let's go to it. Like, oh, yeah, so, so it's I, one of those things. It's like when you have this corporation that's Tencent, because Tencent owns a lot of stuff in the gaming world. Yes. Because they own uh, all of the Epic games. So, like, Epic, all of Fortnite. The, the, all that Fortnite stuff, they own, like, the whole League of Legends. They have their hands in Ubisoft and a couple mm-hmm. other places. They they own a lot of the gaming market. And with if the people that are supposed to back them go, oh, yeah, uh, that thing you guys do that make us all this money uh, are, are bad for our people, and they immediately start nuking their own prices, that's kind of scary. <laughs> and how quickly they were able to, that switch was able to hit, where they, as soon as they said that, that limit the children, they immediately limited the children. Yeah, I think Remzo also hit it on the head like they are their own worst enemy. And yeah, yeah, it's more like get out of the way, let them shoot themselves in the foot. And um, yeah, it's yeah, that's oh man. Um, so uh, yeah, so thanks for uh, everyone coming here on this uh recap of Wall Classic. This is how Wall, so all <laughs> you new listeners would probably be uh, wondering, like, what the heck is this show? Why does this show seem off the rails from every other show? Like, it's, it's you know, I think um, dearly to the best of the chat, the private chat here, like, this is getting Wall Classic. This is how, like, the show used to be. Uh, uh, yeah, like, so, I don't know if anyone likes this type of format. I know I do. This is what format that got me on the show. It doesn't mean, like, the new format is bad or Better, I just no, it's just different. I like this one. I like this. We got like, to talk the, about Wolf Warrior Three, Harry. Yeah, I like this type of conversation and like yeah, and, and talking about different movies and like that and going off in tangents. This is the type of stuff I like to do. Um, this is why, I like you know, like so if I ever like get the well, not the time, but like when I start doing my own podcast, if you enjoy this format, please listen to that. I don't know what I'll do with it or what other name to have, but you know that's. It's it's my style. I like this type of com- open conversation talking. Um, this is how I'm able to do like four hour shows because I just like having conversations. If it turns into a massive four hour long block of combo, um, the thing I do like want people to look at to concern themselves is like one: protect yourself online. Be careful out there. There's a lot of bad actors out there, um, and by bad actors, I'm not talking about like some evil Chinese or Russian hackers out there. I mean people out there trying to shill you for products that you do not need. Or I know my blood pressure now, <laughs> or like goofy things you do not need. Um, uh, remember out there when you're stuck at home, you're getting all this money. Buy the buy things and invest into yourself. Um, so understand that when you go to buy something, like are you actually going to use this thing? Do you need this thing? Do you really need this thing? Um, let us sit in your cart for a while. Think about this thing. Do you need it now? And also, you know, look for it off of Amazon Prime or somewhere connected to Amazon. You know, like try to shop outside of everything else. Also. Alibaba. Yeah, which is my favorite thing to do is uh, I've got this um, uh, extension that what it does is simply takes the price of the item I want to buy and produces it to the out my hourly wage. So I instantly know how many hours of my day I have to work to earn this item. And then it instantly will change whether you really need that thing. So if you want a 72-inch TV, but you put it in, you realize you have to work for three whole freaking days for this 4K 70-inch TV. Do you really want it? No. But there's some things that'll put it in, in place. Like, do you want a thousand dollar chair for your desk so you can sit on there? Like, well, depending on how many hours I sit here, heck yeah, I do. Especially now that I'm working from home, heck yeah, I want this thing. But get a good chair. Don't get a crappy gaming chair from Alibaba, which has been just spray painted and repainted. Don't buy that. Don't buy that. That's junk. Anyways, um, 
thanks for um, tuning in and listening to this episode of uh, the Chris Spangle show. You could have been listening to anything else in the world, but you decided to listen to this podcast. And for that, I thank you. Uh, so, uh, so, Dearly, I don't know if dearly is looking to turn this thing off and try to get rid of us for once, but like, thank you for everyone and have a good day.